Well, I'm glad you made it out through the rain <laughs> this evening. What I want to share with you is there are three events concerning the rapture of the church, all right? The first one is in 1 Thessalonians 4, uh, 16 and 17. And then the second one is Revelation chapter 12. And, and then the third one is the two witnesses that get martyred or the two prophets that get martyred, you know, during that time period. And concerning the first one, if you want to turn there to First Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17. It says, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first, and after that we who are alive, still alive, and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Now, concerning what Jesus will do right here is a, a wedding call, okay? He will shout with a loud command. What command will he do? He will shout your names. See, in, in marriage, uh, with Jewish marriage, the, the bridegroom was sent a group of people to the bride's house and, and sound the trumpet and then shout her name. Then she would come out of the house, and then they escorted to the hoopah. But Jesus, in in his way, he's going to shout your name first, all of our names that are part of the bride of Christ. And then he will use the shofar of one note. And when he does that, then your bodies are changed in a twinkling of eye to a resurrected body. And then the dead in Christ We'll have a resurrected body, and together we will meet the Lord in the air. See, there's there's a different application. There's a rapture in the air. There is a rapture that the the son the Son of Man shall be caught up before the throne of God, and then in Revelation 11, when the two uh, uh, prophets die, they are caught up after they've been dead for three days in the streets. So, those of you. This is what the Lord is trying to encourage you to be totally committed and dedicated to him because the father in Jewish tradition, he's the father. Our father is the one that chooses the bride for Jesus Christ. He's the one that does the choosing, not Jesus. And so he he presents, you see, that this this group of men and women that totally dedicate themselves to the Lord and have been chosen by the Father to get married to him in the hoopah. So you are part of that group if you're totally dedicated and committed to him. But those that just get saved, in, you know, by the, the skin of their teeth, that just get saved, they'll become the friends of the bridegroom. They will not be married to Jesus. Only those that are faithful to him and committed to him. I, I, well, I, I wouldn't want to be so crude about it, but I was preaching this years ago about the, the bride of Christ and the rapture. And one of the girls that was there, uh, she went to the Lord. She was a teenager and she said, the Lord, what was Andy teaching about? You know, he said that this bride of Christ, how come he taught it that way? 
And the father talked to her, and this was his remarks. I know it's kind of crude. He says, I will not allow my son to marry a whore. You hear that? (laughs) Very graphic, isn't it? And that's what the father told him. So you, all of you, have the opportunity to become part of the bride and, and with the bridegroom, Jesus Christ, and you'll meet him up there in heaven underneath the hoopah, and then the marriage ceremony will take place, okay? And I think there's a celebration of, of seven days, and, and of course, it will, for me, it's like a type and shadow of seven years of the Great Tribulation. Are you hearing? That that's the reason. His main reason is not to, to get us out of this earth because of, of problems and trouble. His main reason is that he's in love with you and he wants to get married. That's what he wants to do. So what is Jesus going to do during that ceremony? How intimate is he going to be with you and I? Each one of us. This is the intimacy of God and this is what Jesus does. Jesus goes inside the Father as a Father today. Presents a different type of glory. Jesus goes inside the Father, spirit, soul, and body, goes inside of Him and then come out of Him. This is what's going to happen when we get married to Jesus. One by one, each of us that are part of the body of Bride of Christ are now one with Him, will go inside our spirit and soul, inside Him, and then come out of Him of the glory that He's manifesting at that moment. Are you listening? That's the consummation. That is the spiritual consummation as related to the natural consummation between a husband and wife. Can you imagine? Your total person is going to go inside Jesus, and then you're going to come out of Him. And, and guess what? This is going to happen as, as, as we are living with the Lord. Periodically, we will go from glory to glory. As the Father demonstrates Himself with a different glory, Jesus will go inside Him, come out of Him, and as soon as Jesus comes out of Him, each one of us, one by one, will go inside Jesus and receive that type of glory that the Father had manifest that has never been seen before. Aren't you glad you're saved? That you have this opportunity to become one with the Father, Jesus and the Holy Ghost? And this is the intention, the intimacy. That's why the Lord wants intimacy with you right now. How far do you want to go with Jesus? How intimate do you want to be with Him? How much do you really care and love about Him? He wants to hear that. Here's the thing what the Lord taught me. When you say to the Father and, and Jesus and the Holy Ghost and say, and say to them, I love you with all my heart, they're not going to test it to see if, it, if it's really true. They're not going to do that to you. They're going to accept it as truth, that you mean what you say. Oh, hallelujah. When you go, when you tell the Father today, I love you with everything that is within me, he takes that serious and he's not going to test you. Well, I'm going to see how far they do. Well, parents today do that to their kids. When the kids say to them, I love you, Dad, or I love you, Mother, well, we'll see and find out if you really do. That's wrong. Some parents do that. It's wrong. 
But that's, that's the situation that we'll enter into, and that is the season that we're going to enter into as the bride of Christ and friends of the bridegroom. Uh, friends of the bridegroom. Like my, uh, uh, mother's, uh, my, uh, wife's, uh, father. He, he died and passed away, and, and Phyllis was concerned about him. Five years later, the Lord appeared to my wife along with her father and told her, your father is here with me. Five years later, you know, she got a little bit upset. Why did you wait five years later? <laughs> Not going to say anything. <laughs> you know, and, and so he, he, the reality, he got saved before he died. Then he had a, an austere sister. They didn't want to read the Bible at all. Back in St. Louis, Missouri, so they have one sister, Bobby, and, and Phyllis bought her a Bible, put a name on it, and gave it to Anne. And Anne, you know, had, had the name on the Bible, and, uh, and she wasn't really interested in that. But there was a time just before she died, she accepted Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. Last minute salvation. Those are the friends of the bridegroom. You're going to have relatives the same way. They were not totally committed, but at the last moment, they'll get saved and accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. But they are friends of the bridegroom. They will not get married uh, to the Lord. Here's the distinction of garments when you're the bride of Christ. You will wear, wear robes with jewelry and a crown. Those that just get saved will just wear a garment of salvation. That's it. A, no, just, just it. No jewelry, nothing. But you'll know the distinction of those that are committed to the Lord in heaven and those that did not totally commit to the Lord, but still got saved by the grace and mercy of God. So there's going to be a distinction in heaven between the bride and those that just barely made it into heaven. It's going to happen that way, guys. So it's up to you. <laughs> You want to wear a robe or you want to wear a garment? It's up to you. And so this is this distinction of the rapture of the church. This is the desire of the Lord. This is what, uh, of being close to the Lord and finding out what his thinking is. His, his desire is he wants to get married. He wants to marry his bride. The men and women that are chosen by the Father. That is already written down in heaven, that they are the bride of Christ is written down. And then those are the friends of the bridegroom. Their names are written down, but they only receive the garment of salvation. Okay? See, I'm excited about that. Jesus wants to get married. So I'm telling him to hurry up, you know, do his thing. Well, hallelujah. Let's go to Revelation chapter 12. A great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, which represents the, the presence of the Father. And with the moon under her feet, Jesus given her authority, and a crown of twelve stars. See, these are the 144,000 witnesses. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns 
on its head, its tail, uh, its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them, in, flung them to the earth. Why did he take the stars? Because it represented, you see, the 12 tribes of Israel. That's why he, 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 he brought it down, all those stars, so nobody could look up and see for themselves. Because the stars in heaven, those 12 stars in heaven represented the 12 tribes of Israel. It's just like him to do something like that. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that it might devour her, her child the moment he was born. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter, and her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. The scripture says child, not an adult. That the Jews, after we leave, after the Jews get saved, see, they have, they have an opportunity to be, become this person. They'll become before the throne of God. Jewish people. You've got to understand this. Jesus went after the Jewish people first. And because they refused him, then he elected Peter and, and the other 11 or 12 apostles to go out and preach the gospel to the Gentiles. In Romans 11, it says what? That the season of the Gentiles will come to an end. And then you'll have the season, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that will begin. And we're near that age where the less Gentile will get saved and be caught up in the air with the Lord Jesus Christ. But during this time period, you will have 140,000 witnesses 12,000 from each tribe that will go out and try to rescue all the Jews that were born Jews to get saved and accept Jesus Christ as their Messiah. Okay? They will also have rulership, just like us. See, right now, believers, I don't think most of them have heard that they just accept the idea that they're just saved. Well, you're more than just saved. You have a position of rulership. You are a king and priest in Christ Jesus as a believer. And this is what what you do as a king. As a king, you bless sinners and you judge sinners. As a priest, you judge believers. You bless believers and you judge believers. Peter did that with Ananias and Sapphira. Do you understand your position? When a sinner comes to you and wants to attack you and, and do his thing, you have the authority that you have that person's uh, life right in the middle of your hand and determine whether that person is going to live or die. That's that kind of authority you got as a king. As a believer, as a priest, Christians, you know, that then mock you and make fun of you and do all manner of evil against you. And you have the authority as a priest in Christ, whether they shall live or die. Boy, you're really quiet. That's the kind of awesome authority that you have in Christ Jesus as a king and as a priest in him. He does that today. He hasn't changed. As a king, he told me, like I told you this morning, 2016, he said, I'm going to start killing people. 
And he has. He started removing them. As a king, removing sinners out of the way. I want certain ones in, in, in the Congress to be removed out of the way too. Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. <laughs> As a king in Christ. <laughs> yeah, I've been praying then. Jesus, get rid of them. They're speaking against you. Yeah. And as, as a believer, these, these crooked apostles and prophets, evangelists and pastors and teachers. See, you have the authority in Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, have them repent or remove them out of the way. You have that choice to, to say that. Well, I thought we were supposed to love our enemies so far until they go too far. Are you listening? Because there are other believers that we got to protect. Babies, children, teenagers, young adults and seniors. Just remove them just because you have authorities as student in that case. No, it's to protect your family not being subjected to their influence and following their ways. That's why you do it. We love them, but if they continue to want to, 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 uh, to captivate your family, bye. You understand? That's what I'm trying to share with you right now of who you are in Christ Jesus. <laughs> Let's go on here. She gave birth to, to a son, a maid child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. Boy, that's a tough one. And her child was snatched to, to, up to God and to his throne. The woman fled from the wilderness to a place prepared for her by God where she might be taken care of for 1,200 days. Some say, you know, that's the three and a half year period of the tribulation. Okay? Some say that. You know, I don't want to argue about those issues. But the 144,000 during that three and a half year period, or before the three and a half period, gather all the, the seed of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, to get saved. And as soon as this woman takes off to the wilderness, then it begins the three and a half period of the tribulation. She has to hide in the wilderness. Some say it's Petra. And there have been two um, men of God that, that suggested uh, this, this uh, guy named Charles. I forgot his last name. And he said that the United States is prepared to be the wilderness for the Jewish people. Once she leaves, if that happens, once she leaves Israel, those Jewish families start crowding over to the United States when all of them are settled in to the number that God wants, then begins the great tribulation. But cannot happen until the Jewish people have a notice that Jesus Christ is their Messiah and that they receive him as Lord and Savior. Okay? And then when that happens, when there's the, the caught up of the Son of Man before the throne of, of God with a scepter of iron, that's a tough Weapon, that, that means iron-fisted man, deadly, that this is going to happen, okay? 
Now, concerning the, uh, the two witnesses, okay? Let's start with verse 7. Now, when they have finished uh, their testimony, the beast that comes from the abyss will attack them and overpower and kill them. Their bodies will lie in the public square of the great city, which is figurative, is called Sodom and Egypt, where also their Lord was crucified. For three and a half days, some from every people with tribe, language, and nation will gaze on their bodies and, re- and refuse them burial. The inhabitants of the earth will gloat over them and will celebrate by sending each other gifts because these two prophets had uh, tormented those who live on the earth. But after three days and a half, the breath of life from God entered them and they stood up on their feet and terror struck those who saw them. Then they heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Come up here. And they went up into heaven in a cloud. There's the third rapture. As far as, as I have studied it. Of the two witnesses, here, here you got to have. In, in Revelation chapter 6, there are two wraths that are demonstrated. One is the, the wrath of God and the wrath of the Lamb of God. The first wrath of the Lamb of God will begin at the first three and a half year period. The, the last half of, of, the, of the tribulation, it will be Father God that will demonstrate his wrath. Okay? You have two wrath of, let's go there, Re- Revelation chapter 6 so you can see it. Look in verse 13. 13. It said, Then the kings of the earth, the princes and the generals, the rich and the mighty, and the, oh, everyone else, both alive and free, hid in caves among the rocks of the mountains. They called to the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits in, on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of the wrath has come, and who can withstand it? So you're having two wraths. The first three and a half years is Jesus. He's going to settle it with the people that rejected him and with the sinners. He's going to do his thing. And we're out of here as far as I'm concerned. You can have it during the time that you're here if that's what you want. And also the last three and a half years, it will be the the Father that will demonstrate his wrath. And that's when, you know, when the Antichrist comes and the the false prophet that that when they are arrested for doing what they did in Israel, the Father will, will, will cast the uh, Antichrist, and, and here's the thing, and false prophet with no trial into the lake of fire. They're not tried. They're tried by their works and what they did. And what the Antichrist tried to do to, to destroy you know, the Word of God and the, and the people of God during that time period, they're both going to be cast into the lake of fire and having false miracles, signs, and wonders, you know, and lying to the people. So I'm just letting you know what, what, what is about to happen in the future, okay? That you and I, being kings and priests in Christ and the bride of Christ, and here that we should... You should tell the Father. If God the Father has chosen you as a bride, tell the Father, thank you. I've done that. That you have chosen me. 
You have chosen Phyllis as part of the bride of Christ. Thank you, Father, that you are blessing us to be married to Jesus. So if you know you're the bride of Christ, you're part of the bride of Christ, tell the Father, I'm so grateful that you chose me. Not because of what you have just done, but because of who you are and your character, of your devotion, your worship, how much you care about them, and how much you care about His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. That you were willing to lay down your life for the Lord Jesus Christ, your husband and wife, your children. Your father and mother, you're willing to lay it down, no matter the sacrifice, what it would cost? Hello? You're willing to let it all hang out. Really serious, isn't it? That's what the father sees, the intention and the motivation of how far you want to go and and accomplish it. And when he knows that's in your heart, you're one of them. You're one of them. I've chosen you to be part of the bride of Christ. I've chosen you to be part of the bride of Christ. And he, and guess what happens during that time? When he cho- chooses you to be the bride of Christ, here comes the angels to protect you. To surround you. Because now you are a chosen vessel that is to be married to the Lord Jesus Christ. And the same way with the 140,000 witnesses and they capture and rescue the Jewish people becoming the Son of God, becoming before the throne of God. And with them also. You know, God has so many millions of angels Jesus said he had 72,000. Can you imagine that? Twelve legions. Just ready. I just all, he just told me all I have to do is call them. They're, they'll come and rescue me. If he has 72,000, how many do you have? Huh? Folks, it's, it, 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 this is the season. Of knowing the heart of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Father's heart and the Holy Spirit's heart to get you to the place what you have chosen, elected to be in Him. You know, Michael, when you were singing these songs, oh man, you guys playing the intimacy of the heart of the Father and the Lord Jesus was so manifested here. The way you were worshiping and adoring Him. And most of you are part of the Bride of Christ, doing as a bride unto the Bridegroom. What what do two fiancés do? Get to know each other. <laughs> Kissy face, right? (laughs) Getting close that 
you and I, as well as Phil's and the others, become one with him forever. And when we have that consummation of that wedding and making vows to each other, and then the final consummation that each one of us will go inside Christ, our spirit, soul, and body, and come out of him. What a day that's going to be, folks. Oh, hallelujah. God is so good and, and glorious in doing this. What the Lord wanted, wanted me to do, he told me, he told me this. I want you to pray for every single person that comes here and to declare his majesty and glory on you. Okay? Don't get scared. <laughs> Would you? You are going to be clothed because it's, it's royalty with glory and majesty, all right? Being part of the, the, the bride of Christ. And, and, and it, it will be a, a sign to the Lord as well as a sign to the earth of who you are in Christ, okay? Lift your hands to the Lord. I want to pray. Oh, man. Father, you wanted me to pray and declare majesty and glory on this dear sister. As, as the bride of Christ in Christ Jesus. Let your majesty and glory be upon this man of God, Father, even right now. That you're clothed with it inside your spirit, soul, and body. Totally. You're not going to be the same person when you leave here. I know that. Let the glory and majesty be upon you and your spirit, soul, and body, even now. I so decree it. I decree the majesty and glory of God on you, on your spirit, soul, and body, even now. What he's doing is, is this. When you get married to him, the day that you're going to get married to, to him... The majesty and glory of Jesus and the Father and the Holy Ghost will be manifested on that day. He's clothing you. Oh, man. Oh. I decree the majesty and glory of God on your spirit, soul, and body even now that you're clothed with it. I declare the majesty and glory of Christ that you be clothed with it in your spirit, soul, and body this day, this evening, in Jesus' name. You're going to demonstrate in front of him. Yep. Mm-hmm. I so decree that you be clothed with the glory and majesty of God now in Jesus' name. I so declare the glory, the majesty and glory of God be on you. The glory and his majesty, you be clothed with it in spirit, soul, and body. Amen. It's really quiet, isn't it?
really quiet. I so decree that you be clothed with the glory and majesty of God inside your spirit, soul, and body forever. I so decree and declare the, the glory and majesty of Christ that you be clothed inside your spirit, soul, and body now in Jesus' name. Boy, it's like, like there's a holiness here. Mm. You brought it with you. <laughs> I declare the glory and majesty of God be inside your spirit, soul, and body even now in Jesus' name. You're welcome. Man, there's such a stillness of the Lord. I so declare and decree the majesty and glory of Christ that you're clothed inside your spirit, soul, and body. I so decree and declare the the glory and majesty of God inside your spirit, soul, and body. Some of you don't say you don't deserve this. It has nothing to do with that. He just wants to do it. <laughs> I so declare and decree the majesty and glory of God be inside your spirit, soul, and body now. I declare the majesty and the glory and majesty of God inside your spirit, soul, and body, even now. You belong to him. That's why he's doing it. Come over. Get on this side over here. Okay? Come on this side. I so decree and declare the glory and majesty of Christ be on your spirit, soul, and body. I declare... And decree the glory and majesty of Christ be on your spirit, soul, and body. I declare the majesty and glory of Christ be inside your spirit, soul, and body. I so declare the majesty and glory of Christ be inside your spirit, soul, and body. Wait a minute. It's not based on feelings. It's based on demonstration. Words. This is God's word to you. Understand that? He's given you his glory, his majesty and glory to you. That you can stand with us. And that you would have the ability. What is your name again? Timothy. Timothy. And when you meet Jesus and you're in heaven and he says, Timothy. You know what he wants. He wants you to go inside him, your spirit, soul, and body, and come out of him with the glory that he demonstrated. That's what's going to happen, all right? Oh, well, I'll come up there. That you be clothed with the majesty and glory of God inside your spirit, soul, and body. It's like a wedding garment. That's what it is. It's a wedding garment. That you be clothed with the majesty and glory of, of God inside your spirit, soul, and body. That you be clothed with the, with the majesty and glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, of God, in, inside your spirit, soul, and body. 
Uh, yeah, the kids too. All you guys. Now he wanted children too. It doesn't matter what the age is, because because they belong to him. You understand that? You not only belong to your your, your father and mother. You belong to Jesus. He bought you. Okay, you belong to him. That you be clothed with the majesty and glory of Christ inside your spirit, soul, and body. That you be clothed with the majesty and glory of God inside your spirit, soul, and body. That you be clothed with the majesty and glory of God inside your spirit, soul, and body. That you be clothed with the majesty and glory of God inside your spirit, soul, and body. That you be clothed with the glory with the majesty and glory of God inside your spirit, soul, and body. That you be clothed with the majesty and glory of God inside your spirit, soul, and body. Let me get to him. I haven't got you. Did I get you already? We got him already? Okay. You're next. Oh, man. How how you doing, handsome? <laughs> That you be clothed with the majesty and glory of God inside your spirit, soul, and body. That you be clothed with the majesty and glory of God inside your spirit, soul, and body. Already did it with you guys already? Already did it? Him, huh? (laughs) That you be, oh man, that you be clothed with the with the majesty and glory of God inside your spirit, soul, and body. Amen. Amen. He's dressing you up, guys, to meet him in this kind of fashion. He's dressing you up. Come on. That's what he's doing. That you be clothed with the glory, the majesty and glory of God inside your spirit, soul, and body. That you be clothed with the majesty and glory of God inside your spirit, soul, and body. Boy, it's really still here, you know. It's really still. This is serious business with him. That you be clothed with the majesty and glory of God inside your spirit, soul, and body. That you be clothed with the, with the majesty and glory of God inside your spirit, soul, and body. I want you to stand up, okay? I want you to say these words after me. This is what the Lord wants you to say. Say, Lord Jesus, we are prepared and ready to marry you even now. Truly, Lord Jesus the Christ, you are our bridegroom. Our hearts are set on you. Our spirit, soul, and body are set on you, Lord Jesus the Christ. Yes, we look forward to you, Lord Jesus the Christ, to be totally one with you. In our experience of consummation, so shall it be that we, 
as the bride of Christ shall enter inside you, spirit, soul, and body, and come out with the glory and majesty of who you are. We just thank you, Lord Jesus the Christ. We also thank you, Father, for choosing us to marry your Son as the bride of Christ. We are grateful to you. We bless you. We exalt you. Magnify you that you decided to make this a reality in our life, and therefore we thank you, Heavenly Father. Now the bridegroom will watch you 24 hours a day. And when you call on his name, he will hear immediately. You got his attention. <laughs> He's yeah, he's the bridegroom, and he knows what he wants. But the Father, for what Jesus Christ, the Lord, the bridegroom, has been excited, is that he has chosen you to become part of his bride. That's what he's excited about. It's the Father's selection. You are the Father's selection for Jesus Christ, the Lord, forever. <laughs> 